You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. And welcome back into Kindred Spirits here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Ted here, John here, here to talk about the better side of soccer in the DMV, the much, much better side, where you have hope, things like hope and expectations and somewhat and and returning players and good soccer and great goals and involved ownership and and just positive vibes sensible ownership great ownership washington spirit uh returning to league play getting uh i'd say most of their world cup starters back the big names two of the big names still uh still taking a little bit of a break because they are the ones who actually played during the world cup um but uh good to be back john hope you're doing well my friend hope your hope your week was good i guess you know Spirit, spirit maybe gave us a little bit of joy, which was good, and everything else wasn't so great. But I, on the Friday show, I talked about how this needed to be a win, so we'll talk about how I was wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I can't, I can't really complain. Yeah. It was not, I would say, not the Spirit's best game, but also much better than the performance, the other performance we just talked about for the DC United game. So uh, beggars can't be choosers, and and a, and a point is not the worst thing. Yeah, born on the road is not is is not terrible, and I think it sets this team up well. I think we I think we saw, I mean, we saw a brief flash in in a goal that is hopefully um, from from a player who was I believe signed pretty recently um, during the during the World Cup. So maybe something something to keep in mind. But uh, let's let's start off with a little bit of news. I'd say before we get into the game, uh, the big thing of the big departure. I guess you could call it big departure after. She scored an absolute banger <laughs> against Orlando to pick up a pick up a win in, in a Challenge Cup game, and then is off to New Zealand. Um, I think it's Wellington. I want to say. Yep, Wellington Phoenix. This is her second departure from the Spirit. She's been here twice. She's left twice, so maybe the third time is the charm. Yeah. So um, Speck Meyer is no longer on the team. Moving on, and then uh, uh, Michelle Kang uh, puts out an email talking about you know again sort of reaffirming her devotion. The uh, you know the I think we saw some of the some of the advertising boards around the around the city and then um also uh launching probably one of the best season ticket packages i've ever seen which is yep buy a season ticket uh for 2024 and you get one for 2025 completely free so uh i it seems to me that is an insane deal if you know you're going to be in the dc area and you like soccer i can't imagine this the season ticket price is going to be all that much compared compared to the other side it's not. And I think also the thing you should look at there is uh, there aren't as many games as there are in MLS. So it's less of uh, own, owning your time. You have a, you can actually live a life and do other things. So yeah. I highly recommend. And I mean, in other news, I mean, also the uh, the Challenge Cup is going to be no more next year. They are deciding after the season, they are deciding to end it. Um, uh, maybe let's uh, maybe want to we want to talk a little bit, talk a little bit about that. What let's about do that. It? Yeah, we, we've 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 had some thoughts on the Challenge Cup. I think. I think the Challenge Cup, it was kind of a, a happy accident for the NWSL. It was not something that was really well planned or wasn't something they said, oh, like we're going to do Challenge Cup. It was born out of the COVID pandemic. And they're like, we need games. Let's go to Salt Lake and play games. They were they made a big deal about being the first professional league back. Uh, they played the Challenge Cup. There was we get no credit for that, by the way. What's that? They get no credit for that, by the way. Yeah. I mean, obviously time has moved on, but like from a bubble perspective, they were the first ones to do it without having any sort of COVID situations and and it didn't have a dumb name like MLS is back. <laughs> it had a challenge cup. And I, I think, you know, I think what's been talked about is, you know, this was kind of a, a little happy accident. They gained a lot of momentum from it. The the games were were fun to watch. 
and you know it was kind of the first trophy back and they basically said oh let's let's make this a preseason thing every year and the preseason thing killed <laughs> killed the washington spirit and like okay now we're gonna do it again I, I think they got some sponsorship money from it i think i think what's been talked about is basically you know sponsors wanted to jump onto a tournament type situation you know something quick and easy to sponsor and they get their name attached to it and everything I, I can, I think we've talked about, you know, ways, I think we, we all kind of looked at the way the tournament's formatted now. We're like, it's, it's a little silly now. It's a little mm-hmm. silly to play this kind of mid season tournament that isn't really counted as winning the championship. It's not really a part of the regular season anymore. I think I, I'm a little bit frustrated. They couldn't use it as an opportunity to, you look at what MLS just did with the league's cup, perfect opportunity in my mind to come up with some sort of tournament. What was the name of the tournament that was the was the Champions Cup? Yeah, the International Champions Cup. Yeah, something like that. They could have. I mean, obviously, there are situations with teams being out of season and whatnot. But yeah, and, and uh, prize money and and you know certainly the union might. Again, I think we talked about the union might have some words for that, but I, I don't know. It, it feels like you know right now, Concacaf is I think the only. I don't want to say only federation. I don't know if Asia Asia has this or, or I know I know. Um, South America has, you know, a Copa Libertadores, a, a women's version of that. You know, obviously there's the UEFA Women's Champions League in Europe. It really feels like CONCACAF's dragging their feet on bringing some form of international competition to the women's game. And I feel like this was a perfect opportunity to say, you know what, we're going to take up that mantle. You know, they don't want to do it. We'll do it. Um, and, you know, and develop something. Also, I look at, you know, I, I don't know how. I don't know how USL and NWCL feel about each other, considering that USL is gunning for first division, but it also could have been, you know, we talked about a, a open cup or a open cup style tournament for, for the women's side Uh, could also be something to look at. So I don't know. Yeah. Pass the hat around to get the top four NWSL sides entered into the both UEFA champions league (laughs) and also the Copa Lib. That's that. We'll figure out how to make that happen. And then I'll buy a something. You know, that's another, I mean, again, you talk about another, I mean, Comnable and CONCACAF have talked about this partnership. Okay, you know, get your league on X sides, get your women's sides. If there isn't a really organized enough league, which it might, you know, might not be in Central America or Honduras. I actually, I really have no idea, you know, then maybe get those teams entered in those tournaments. I don't know. I just feel like there, there's some opportunities here for some, for some fun stuff that we don't normally get to see on the women's side. Um, also, the World Cup wrapped up. Maybe let's do a, a little bit on that. Um, Notice the uh, for our you know five <laughs> live viewers, I'm rocking my Trinity Rodman uh, replica U.S. jersey that came after they were eliminated. So that was cool. <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, you uh, obviously U.S. eliminated. Uh, Spain winning one nothing over England, and you know I think other than the game, which you know I think Spain fully deserved to win. Um, you know, even though England really gave them a run for the money, there was the the PK save that was controversial. Doing a lot, there's been a lot of the 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 VAR reviewing the PK saves. We saw it in the Men's Leagues Cup, and and people learning that they don't really understand the laws, which is just funny to me, um, in that sense. But probably the the only the what what's so what's so shameful, I guess, about the the Spain the Spain team winning. Number one, it's incredible because the the players themselves sort of fought against a coach where 15 of the Spanish uh, players resigned and said, we don't want to play for this coach. The Spanish FA then backed that coach and said, nope, we like him, we're keeping him. And they pulled together a squad, won the World Cup, sort of went around them. It's very clear that no one really on that team likes the coach. 
doesn't like him. And then you see the behaviors of the Spanish FA president, uh, apparently doing a crotch grab when the women won the tournament, and then also kissing on the lips uh, the one of the uh, Spanish players, and then also going into the locker room to say that they were all all the team was invited because he's going to marry one of the players. Just wildly inappropriate and weird stuff that just really kind of overshadowed uh, what should be a, a great moment for, for Spain football and almost seems to really understand why they backed the, why they backed the coach um, because it's clear they don't really see these as players. And um, it's, it's really uh, disgusting and shameful. And honestly, I mean, we, we saw it also from FIFA as well. I, I think I, I don't even want to read the the quote because I can't honestly remember it, but I, I know, um, the FIFA president Infantino really put his, I think, really put again a FIFA a FIFA president made a made a stupid. It was something about picking your battles around around pay. Yeah, which boy, uh, just 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 to make sure we're getting the, the finer points of this. Jenny Hermoso is the player that got kissed. Uh, the the coach is uh, Jorge Vilda, mm-hmm. who was being booed before, during, and after the game. Players avoiding him during celebrations. Mm-hmm. The stupid the the Twitter account for the Spanish FA saying Vilda in and taking a picture of him after the after the after the win, like just some troll ass behavior by this by a federation, which I guess you know, I, I mean you know I mean you expect a level of professionalism, but there football associations do not inherently have that. They're just some they're just some dudes, uh, and that really showed. And then also. Uh, Another horrible thing: the the goal scorer in that game, uh, her name is Olga Carmona's father, dies during the game, and she finds out right after the final. Just like the the things surrounding the victory, yeah, are just so like cursed. Like it was just such a there was something that you know the performance was the performance. They 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 won when I don't think anyone was expecting them to. I don't know what their odds were before the the, the game the season started, but very hot, very long, I'm sure. Uh, but what just what a what a whole a whole bunch of off the field and like field adjacent stuff that have just really stolen the attention of where it should have been, which is on the players, but just just wild stuff. Yeah, it's and you know, again, I think the players will still get their due, they'll still get their credit. I think it really just undersells it really it really tells the story of of you know where where these players are. You would you would never you would never see like if there was a female president of an FA, you would never see, you know, it, you would never see that person, you know, go in kissing and, and, Lionel Messi and on the kiss, mouth, kiss, for you know, kiss, I don't know, Cesc Fabregas on the mouth or talk I mean, about wanting to marry David <laughs> Vieira or something like that. Like you would never, if you're going like, to kiss a player, Cesc Fabregas, Olivia Giroud, I mean, maybe, but nobody else. You would never see anything like that. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, it really undersells, it really undersells, you know, we're seeing in the NWSL, we're seeing really the players stand up. And I think, I hope they have been at least, I hope there is some, 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 you know, there is a push forward to, to change. I, I worry though, you know, I, it's great for the players, but you kind of worry. It's like they went through all of this, anything that would sink any other team and they managed to pull through and win it. It almost seems like, you know, this management is, well, well, nothing needs to change. Like we won the world cup. Like why, why did we need to change anything? Um, and there's a much deeper, deeper problem going on here across, across, across women's soccer. Um, the FA president apologized today, by the way, it's fine. It seems like he finally got home and is, 
his PR staff was like, buddy, stop talking. You need to, you need to say, I'm sorry. Stop saying it's like a PC police or whatever it is you were saying. Uh, he was By saying, the way, like, oh, it's just the emotion of the win. I'm like, dude, it's still like, you know what yeah. I mean? you, you, are, you are the president of a, of a federation. You are not just a fan out there. And go you make have- out with David DeHaan, man. If, if, if it's really about that, go do that on, on a stage. By the way, hilariously, if you look at the roster, the club teams of the Spanish <laughs> the Spanish side, it is uh, looking at it. It appears to be eighty percent Barcelona or Real Madrid. If uh, the all-time leading score for Barcelona, who now plays for Pachuca, and then two other, and then one for Atlético Madrid and one for Levante. <laughs> so the clear, like, uh, just like in the men's side, very top-heavy uh, domestic league situation there. But well, and it probably benefited. Stuff. It probably benefited. Their, they looked like. They were a team, yeah, early on team. That, I, like a club that, team. that I thought was going to was going to win because they looked very organized and cohesive because the players probably all knew each other and played and played with each, and played together. Um, and I think it's 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 something that can be a huge benefit in a tournament in a women's tournament that I think was very disjointed. And I think if you were the most cohesive team that was together, you had the best chance of going far. And I think we saw that in this tournament, um, you know, and, and the teams that are left out. So, I you know, I'm. I think they hit at the right time. They they won the World Cup, and you know, congratulations to the players. I give no credit to the Spanish FA or the coach <laughs> or any of them. Congratulations to the players, and that closes out the World Cup Olympics up next year. I'm sure we'll have some talk about the new uh, women's coach, the uh, president or the uh, sorry, the director of soccer for the U.S. women's program has resigned, and I do not recall her name. You can tell we did a really bang up job preparing this. We just wanted to talk spirit, and I was like, oh, we got all this other stuff we want to talk about. So. Surprise. <laughs> um let's go into it let's talk let's talk let's talk let's go back to our wheelhouse let's talk <laughs> let's talk houston dash versus versus washington spirit uh probably the biggest story is, is of that match was who's returned for the washington spirit aubrey kingsbury and ashley sanchez no real surprise they didn't get any minutes in the world cup um so they were probably fresher and probably wanted just to get back and and continue to to get some minutes um, so they returned to the field. Kingsbury uh, in goal. Uh, Ashley Sanchez off the bench. That might have been just travel fatigue. General just trying to keep, uh, kind of trying to keep her fresh uh, for the upcoming season. So, other other World Cup returnees. Uh, Marissa Shiva did not play, and I believe also Riley Tanner did not even make the travel roster. So that's by the way a player who had who featured heavily for Panama, who I think that would earn her more minutes in the rotation but not not yet to be to be determined yeah i don't know it, it is a road game out in houston so we'll see we'll see how it looks uh coming up once once they have some uh some home games so um i guess i guess the what can be characterized as the first half it, this was not a a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination it was a little bit i would say a little bit ugly there weren't particularly the first 30, 40, you know, really the first half of the game, not many chances for either sides. I think the spirits like best opportunities came off to like Sam stop throws page page potato. There's no XG on foot mob, but it should be at least two uh, for her personally. <laughs> she had, she had two really, really, really open opportunities. One off a header, one off a ball that was played in the middle of the goal and she skied it. Uh, so I'm looking for her to have a rebound with better players around her. Now with the world cup players coming back, cause she, had what I would consider a rough August. So yeah. hopefully she was more involved this time, but I think that she should have probably buried at least one of those uh, first half opportunities. I, I think the second half too, I don't think she played. There were several times she got dispossessed on the field. Maybe not the best balls played to her sort of in that, in that center park of the field and she lost possession a couple times, but 
just really, I, I mean, spirit, I mean, the dash I felt maybe focused in a little bit on her and just broke her down several times and got attacking plays into the attack. Um, we'll get into that a little bit the second half and, and maybe some thoughts, but not, not a whole lot. And you talk about the, the, the one up, the header I'm maybe not too mad about. Um, I mean, it's a header. No, but the, 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 the shot. The shank right at sort of the top of the box. Yeah, you expect a little bit better. Um, I think maybe she's a player that's maybe due. Maybe that's a player you pull to the side. She's a rookie playing in the college season. You don't play as many yeah, games. Yeah, give her some. Give her a ball here. There's enough midfield depth where you could probably afford to. Yeah. By the way, we also didn't mention Gabby Carl also coming back from the playoffs right. or from the World Cup. She's at, and started and played 56 minutes. Yeah, she was. She was. She was pretty decent out there as well. Um, I would say the the biggest star of the of the night came in the second half when uh um hope i get this right olamata sar and ashley sanchez check in at the 56th minute and immediately link up on a goal a uh, ball that's played i believe from sanchez to sar and sar does a sar kind of maybe doesn't possess it very well but kind of gets it gets it on the end of it holds it up a little bit the dash kind of um collapse the field and sanchez sees the sees the gap and attacks it and it's a really really nifty little back heel right into ashley sanchez who then buries it into the net um good thing to see i think from from a it's a good thing to see in this game, it's good to have her back. Um, a player that we have talked about on the show should have played more in this World Cup, should have at least gotten some appearances, and unfortunately didn't. Um, I do wonder about the fact that she didn't start. I do wonder if that was maybe there was some sort of injury concern or minutes restriction that she p- picked up that maybe wasn't quite reported um, out. I don't know what to do about injury reports, but I don't know. It's just interesting that she didn't start the game. But, yeah, interesting thing about Uli uh, Sar's back heel assist, it was absolutely the only, the best thing she did in the game. She also lost 10 duels in 30 minutes, uh, and she was also part of the defensive breakdown that caused the goal, the the, the equalizer. So uh, I would say, you know, I watched the highlights, I watched some of the game, I watched her play. I feel like she has technical skill in the ball. I think she, the work rate needs to pick up a little bit, mm-hmm. and she needs to adjust to sort of the, the, the pace of play and the physicality uh, in, in this particular league, which is a good league coming from legal. And it's not like it's uh, a giant step up, but it is a step up. I would say overall from a week to week basis. So she got to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, I guess my most frustrating, the most frustrating part is after the goal, it very much felt like immediately the spirit went into, okay, now we got to hold this league. Like we, we just, we're just going to see the game out the rest of the way. Because Houston was not dangerous for the most part. So they were probably like, well, we could, you're right. One, one, they'll park the bus. Uh, they were forcing the dash to take shots outside of the box over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The only time Kingsbury was called into action was to tip balls over the crossbar that from distance. So to their point, if things stayed the same <laughs> for the last 10 minutes, they'd have, they'd have been well, uh, you know, well vindicated, but unfortunately they did not stay that way. Yeah. I mean, it, but, but to me, it's just a little, I, I don't agree with that. I, I'm fine with it. I suppose I'm fine with it. Like minute 90, minute 90. Okay, then maybe then you look to pull things back. But I just feel like you're opening yourself up. If you score a goal minute 62, you've got 28 more minutes in this game. You've got fresh You've got fresh players on that you know have already produced an attack. Keep it going. Maybe try to push, it, push the game a little more. Try to maybe find that second goal. And I really feel like they didn't have too many chances after that. It was like that one chance and then they suddenly... You know, again, Houston's going to step up, but I think you still play a little bit on the front foot because now they have to chase the game 
you can then catch them on the break. And you have the players now to do that, where you can catch them on the break and get that second goal and really bury it. And then maybe you're walking out of here with three points. Um, yep. To their credit, like you said, they did sort of hold the hold the dash in. Not too many chances, in other words. And then until a, um, a cross from Ebony uh, Salomon to a different Sanchez, Maria Sanchez, who plays uh, plays for Mexico, uh, finishes the ball. I, I mean, all in all, 1-1 is probably a fair result, I think, for either side. Um, I don't think the Spirit were infinitely better out there than the Dash. I think they were all pretty much about even. Um, again, could have been more. You could have stolen some points. I think you talked about this being a must-win, but maybe now you're walking that back a little bit, or do you still think this was a must-win? I just I, I was hoping they could continue the the offensive explosion that they were that they found themselves in uh, and the lot well not you know obviously one nothing victory in the 90th minute against Orlando was not an explosion but they certainly were more confident this seemed like a, a, a temporary lapse in in focus like I said uh Olimar uh and uh Paige Mateer kind of turn off switch off for a second there on the side uh Sanchez crosses the ball uh Staub loses a runner Salmon scores. By the way, people have been looking for Ebony Salmon to play more minutes for two years. She sat on the bench at Racing Louisville. Uh, she gets a chance down here and, and is and, and did well with it. This is also a team with a bunch of former Spirit players with Caprice Tedasco and Natalie Jacobs, who is who never really got minutes for the Spirit, but uh, appears to be a, a relative fixture for Houston. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't. You know, I still would have liked to have seen this be a W. But you know, next game, next full complement back. I think it's going to be big. Ashley Hatch had a pretty poor game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. You know, I've not had a chance to talk to her. I'm, I'm curious, sort of like how she is is doing in light of the last month that she's had. She's been having to play and carry some of the load in the Challenge Cup. Just looking at her stats here: three shots in 90 minutes. Uh, dispossessed four times, offside once, uh, 0% on crosses, 0% on long balls, uh, 2 out of 6 on ground duels, 1, and out of, 0 out of 4 on aerial duels. Just not just not her normal game. Not really physical, not really commanding uh, the opponent's 18. So hopefully, you know, with, I would say, Sanchez from the start next week, I would say Trinity in some capacity, planning to give her a little bit more help up top. Nothing against Lena Solano, uh, but I think I think it'll be I think it'll be good to have her her normal weapons up there. Also, Anna Butel gets her first appearance uh, for the Spirit coming in for Terry McKeon in the 62nd minute, uh, right before the goal. So, yeah, I think you know we're in a position where this is, they're on the back half. Similar to DC United, they're they're running. They're they got to run in. Although unlike DC United, they're in a much more comfortable position in the playoffs. Fourth in the standings right now. Fourth in the standings. They can, they went up one spot from before the game. Uh, everyone on the same amount of games played, which is great because there's 12 teams, so there's no bye weeks ever for anybody. So I think it's pretty much pretty much standard. Uh, unluckily for them, their next game is against Portland. Uh, which is the the league leader who with a fourteen a plus fourteen goal differential? Good lord! So yeah. just 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 to get an idea about that, they're plus fourteen. North Carolina plus seven. No other team above four, and and the Red Stars who they're playing next uh, are negative nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, they've lost to the Red Stars this year, so keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, but the you know the, I think that this will be this is you're talking about a. 
a, a huge game. I mean, yes, they are fourth in the standings right now, but it is, as we talked about earlier, incredibly tight. Uh, seventh, the out of the playoffs is two is three points. They are three points clear of the Orlando pride um, in the, in the, in the standings from being out of the playoffs. Uh, so this game is almost potentially like a massive swing. If you go out and win this game, you push yourself right back into, into first, into, into contention for the league lead. If you lose, you could potentially fall right out of the playoff race. It's that, it's that tight right now in, in the, in the standings. So um, certainly something, certainly a, a huge game coming up this week. Um, and maybe that's also why you maybe look at resting um, who they rested because they were like, look, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to run, you know, Sanchez into the ground. We want to build it up. We've got a big game next week. That's basically potentially, I mean, you look at you got six games left this year. So it's a massive game as far as like deciding like playoffs, playoffs position and potentially whether this team can can make the playoffs or compete for the top like we all think they can um so the tough matchup it's a tough matchup here mm-hmm. against portland but then they play chicago that should be a win they play gotham who they played well recently uh they had a comeback in the challenge cup uh kansas city current second to last place team in the league you hope that's a win oh rain has they have traditionally performed well against the rain it's especially on the road for whatever reason they, they play them very well and they end the season up playing the courage who have found themselves uh, firing on all cylinders this year after doing a major retooling. So it, it's all it's all to play for here. I think Mark Parsons will want to see his team uh, play a little bit more like they did at the beginning of the year in the next couple of games to get get back to get back to form, get back to winning ways. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, it's a little short show to get you get you through the week, and uh, we'll definitely come back. And uh, we got games to watch. I've I've got a completely free weekend, so it's going to be all soccer all the time. There's just the soccer just keeps on coming. <laughs> it just doesn't. It's only getting it's only getting more so. For those who want a second episode, make sure you're subscribed mm-hmm. on the five dollar tier on our Patreon.com/slash RFK Refugees, and you get a little DC United and you get a little spirit. Yep. To prepare you for the weekend. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Again, patreon.com if you want to join and help support the show. Again, we'll, we will continue the Spirit Show throughout the year. Stay tuned for some news. We're maybe doing some thinking, some retooling about what we're going to do. But we're still going to cover the Spirit um, to the best we can. Uh, we, we want to make sure that we're covering all the, the teams of the DMV that you guys care about. So thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.